Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Hugh Emerson. Uh, I'm a technical director at uh, Pure Storage. And um, previously to that, I was the uh, founder and CTO of a company called Storage Use, which was acquired by uh, Pure Storage about three months ago. And yeah, so we're, we're here to talk about modernizing backup infrastructure. And um, in particular, we're here to, about to talk about this concept called flash-to-flash-to-cloud, uh, -flash which we'll, we'll get to pretty much at the end of my segment of the talk. Um, then after that, we'll have a, uh, a customer segment from um, David Wartell. He's the CTO of uh, IDT Corporation, um, and he's a uh, pure storage customer. And previously to that, he was a storage use customer. And uh, finally, we'll be have a uh, demo from uh, Chad Monteith. He's a uh, technology evangelist for Pure Storage. And at the end, we'll have some questions. So um, if you can hold your questions to the end, we'd really appreciate it. All right, so, so this is a 60,000-foot um, overview of sort of the storage technology landscape. Um, from, from Pure's point of view. And um, really it's kind of in three dimensions. You know, you've got latency, scale, and cost on the three sides of that triangle. And I, I think at this point, pretty much everyone has agreed that uh, your tier one um, storage, your structured storage, databases, virtual machines, tier one applications, they all belong on flash block storage. Um, we're at the point now where um, your tier two storage, you know, file and object, um, tier two applications, they're now starting to migrate to, to flash infrastructure, things like the pure storage flash blade. And, but there's this chunk of data at the bottom, the large data that you want to be very low cost for storage that, um, is still sort of languishing down there at the bottom. It's too big to be economic to store on flash right now. Um, and it's presumed to be low value, but in fact, it, it often isn't. It's your backups, it's archives, it's content storage, it's that kind of thing. It's the really big stuff that is currently sort of languishing on, on disk and tape. And we're here to talk about what to do with that, that third part, that grey part at the bottom of the triangle. And so th this is kind of, you know, where we've been, where we're going kind of slide. Um, on the left-hand side with, uh, you know, yesterday, we have, you know, 10, 10 years ago, Tier one storage was all on, um, you know, rapidly spinning, um, very expensive disk. Your tier two storage was um, on slightly less expensive, slightly um, slower disk. And finally, you had your, your backup and archive storage that was confined to really cheap, um, slow disk and tape. Now today we've gotten to the point where you know tier one is on flash, tier two is moving towards flash, 
and tier three is still there, it's still languishing on disk, on purpose-built backup appliances, and on tape. And we, we think the, the future, in the future, that tier three storage is going to move um, into the public cloud, um, where it can get the same or better economics than storing to, um, to disk um, or to tape. And because that data is there in the public cloud and it's live, um, it will be accessible for, for more things than, than just recovery or res restoration. So storage use is a cloud object storage fabric. Um, what's that mean? It means that um, it's a, a, a software system that scales like the cloud does, um, that provides um, the same high availability and redundancy that you get from the cloud. And, and the core technology that powers storage use is uh, deduplication. So it has that same deduplication style technology that you'll find in purpose-built backup appliances and in most on-premise um, storage appliances that you find these days. And it has a cloud-native interface. It uses the S3 um, interface, the same interface that Amazon S3 uses. And you can run it as on-premises, or you can run it in the cloud, or you can run it in both places, giving you a hybrid cloud solution. And you can use it um, as either a, a local high-performance deduplicating object storage system or as a on-cloud um, deduplicating object storage system as well. And you can use it also for the doing things like moving the data between uh, two locations, say your data center and um, the public cloud. And, and storage use just before it was bought was named a, a Gartner um, cool storage vendor, which uh, is something I'm particularly proud of. So how does storage use work? Well, we're going to be talking about mostly the backup use case here. So starting at the left-hand side of the, this diagram, you have some backup software. It can be anything that has an S3 uh, client or interface. The backup software sends data to um, the storage use server. Storage use server um, can deploy um, on-premises or in the cloud, and um, it has an S3 interface. So the data comes in over that S3 interface, and we deduplicate that data in line at high speed in memory, and we send the deduplicated data straight through to an object store where we store it and where it is presumed to be very safe. Um, the advantage of doing this, obviously, is that we reduce the data before we store it in the object store, and so we reduce the cost of storing the data. We also, because we're reducing the, the, the data, we're reducing the amount of network bandwidth you need in order to move that data into the cloud. And one of the nice things about storage use, one of the things that's very different from other solutions in the space, is that storage use actually passes that data straight through to the object store. Um, and it doesn't cache it in uh, local memory or any local disk attached to the storage use server. 
it, uh, it, it just passes it th straight through. And we don't actually, um, we, we don't acknowledge that we've actually stored a piece of data and, until we've actually received acknowledgement from the cloud that that data has been stored there. And that means that there is no way that you can actually lose data in the system. If the storage server is lost or a cluster is lost, your data is always safe in um, either Amazon S3 or in the other object stores that uh, storage supports. So a couple of characteristics of storage use. Uh, firstly, it's very fast. Because um, it's built with a scale-out architecture, like Amazon S3 and like other cloud services, um, you can scale it up um, in order to get more throughput. Um, it's stateless, and that, that's really important. Like, if the hardware that storage use happens to be running on dies for, for some reason, or if you know you have a fire in your data center, your data is still safe in the, the object store that the data was stored in, in Amazon S3, for instance. And you just need to get another cluster, point it at that same bucket in S3, and storage use will be able to recover all your data from there. So you, you never have a, a single point of failure in your architecture where if some hardware component fails or if some set of hardware components are lost, you can lose any data. It's uh, software defined, so the same software that runs on-premise um, also runs in the cloud. Um, it, we can move it around and, and put it wherever you need it to be. And it's enterprise ready. It has um, features like high availability, um, <coughs> re replication, uh, encryption, and, and other features that, that will meet most of your backup storage requirements. And Security is very important. All of the data that goes in and out of uh, storage use is encrypted using TLS. That's the same protocol that you use to access your banking website. Um, so it's secure in flight. But you can also encrypt the data before it leaves storage use and before it's stored in the backend object store using um, AES-256. Um, and you can, get, you can store the keys for that encryption in a key management service something like um, Amazon KMS or any sort of hardware security module or key management service that supports the KMAP protocol. So as I mentioned before, storage use has a scale-out architecture. This is what that architecture looks like. Um, it's a shared nothing architecture. Um, each of the storage use servers, the orange boxes on this diagram, are independent. They're just connected over the network. Uh, if you store an object through any one of those servers, it's immediately accessible from any of the other servers. And that means that if you lose one of the servers, if there's a hardware failure or something like that, then you can always um, pull back your data from any of the other servers in the cluster. You get a, a single deduplication pool, which scales up as, as you need it. So you don't have to, you don't get into the into the scenario where you have silos of, of storage, where you have to move your data from one silo to another silo to another silo as your needs grow. If you need more throughput, you just add more servers to the storage use cluster. And it's highly available. As I said, any one of those nodes can be lost. 
um, and the, uh, the cluster will just keep on going and, until you replace it. So what are the use cases uh, for storage use? Um, well, talking about backup, we kind of divide them into two categories. Um, on the left, you have the on-premise backups, um, and on the right, on cloud. So just drilling down on the left, um, you have your, your data stores. You've got you know, your SANs, your NASs. Hopefully, some of those are pure storage NASs, uh, SANs. Um, and then you have some backup application that you use to back those up. We, we don't change the backup application. You just use whichever backup application that you happen to have. Then what we do change is the backup target. That's the thing that the, data is, the backup data is stored in. And you can, for instance, on the far left, you can replace your backup target with um, storage use plus a pure storage flash array and Amazon S3. So the data goes into storage use, it gets stored into that flash blade and Amazon S3 at the same time. You always have two copies of the data. You have a fast one for local recovery in that flash blade, and you have a slow one uh, in, in, in S3 um, for long-term historical storage and uh, for an off-site copy in a, a really durable store. If you don't need the, the speed of recovery, you can actually just back up directly into Amazon S3. You don't have to have that flash blade, but you can, and you can push your data straight up into to S3. And, and, and finally, you can do things like replace your tape tier with um, storage use and, and S3. On the right-hand side, we've got the on-cloud. So if you're running your, your applications um, already in the cloud, you can put storage use there. You can use whatever your favorite backup software is. Again, we're not going to replace that. But you can use storage use and Amazon S3 as a target for that backup software. So how fast is storage use? Well, this is actually a really old slide. Um, we should replace this. But um, this is a 15-server cluster running in Amazon S3. And it's actually running on quite old EC2 hardware. It's running on um, Amazon C3 ATX um, instances. And um, we can actually get the same performance on, on a cluster of, of four more modern machines now. But we have 15 servers back when we took this. And um, as you can see, when we did this, we were storing about eight petabytes of uh, data um, through storage use. That was deduplicated down to about 237 terabytes of data actually stored in S3. Um, and we were able to ingest that data at about 14 gigabytes per second. Um, we could recover that data at about 7 gigabytes a second. Now, you're probably asking why is that slower. Um, deduplicating systems tend to be a bit slower on recovery than they are on, on ingest. Um, it's because deduplication basically fragments data as it stores it. So we have to do a lot more read operations than we have to do write operations when we're storing the data. And you have um, a deduplication ratio of 97%, which is about 30 to 1. 
Um, so it's quite substantial saving, especially for, for backup workloads like this. Now, this is how you would use storage use in your data center or in, in your on-cloud um, virtual data center. Um, you, you keep your, your, um, your backup software. You've, if you've got Veritas Net Backup or Veeam or Commvault or Oracle Rman, you keep those. You replace your backup target, which was you know, a backup appliance or, or tape, with storage use and S3, or storage use, flash blade, and S3. And that gives you faster ingest, faster recovery, and it gives you no single points of failure in your backup system. So, you know, it's highly available. You've got no silos there. If, um, you know, as the system grows, you can just add more nodes to your storage use cluster. Um, and you can rapidly restore, especially if you're using FlashBlade, you can rapidly restore your data on-premises because you're restoring it directly off Flash. So storage use works with um, most major backup applications. We're a, a Veritas technology partner, um, and we work very well with NetBackup. Uh, we work with Veeam. Uh, Veeam has just recently announced an S3 adapter. Uh, we also work with Oracle Rman and, and Commvault. And there will be more applications added to this list uh, as we go on. So th this is where we get to the, the, the title of this presentation. Back in the 1990s, early 2000s, the way you did backup was you had your data on disk, you made a copy of that data and you stored it on some tape, which you took off-site, and then maybe you made another copy of that data, another copy, and you took that, uh, that tape and put it somewhere else. So that was disk to tape to tape. Um, in the early 2000s, we moved to having disk to disk to cloud. So we took our data off disk, we stored it on another disk purpose-built backup appliance, and then we made a copy of that, which we put on tape, and we took off-site. Now, in the late 2010s, we were able to sort of think about doing flash to flash to cloud. So your data's all going to be on flash now. We can do a first backup to a flash appliance, a, a pure storage flash blade, and then we can replicate that data up into the public cloud for long-term retention and um, an off-site copy of your data. And now I'm going to hand over to uh, David Wartell. David is the CTO of IDT Corporation. All right. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you, Hugh. Fantastic presentation. Thanks for joining me here today. My name is David Wartell. I have uh, co-founded uh, brands and companies in the admin storage and systems tool space. You may have used like R1Soft and Idira. Currently, I've got a gig as the chief technology officer of this Fortune 1000 company. And we do about a billion and a half of revenue, have millions of customers around the world. The sector that we're in is in communications applications and fintech. 
And the business that we're in is connecting first and second generation immigrants with their friends and family around the world. And we do that with communications apps and money transfer. At IDT, we have a hybrid infrastructure where we have co-locations around the world, and we also have a significant presence in AWS. Those are connected to our infrastructure with two dedicated 10 gig direct connects. And a little bit about uh, Flash Array. So we got started with Pure, with the Store Reduce product. And you know, I don't know if you get geeked out about storage and backup, kind of like I do. I'm kind of a geek with it. But I really got excited about the Store Reduce product. We're also using the Flash Array product to replace a older Oracle Exadata infrastructure. So what we've done is we've brought in basically what's Dell Pizzabox servers connected to Flash Array and that's replacing a very expensive Oracle Exadata infrastructure. So it's about one-fifth the cost, and so far we're seeing about 2x performance improvement. And Flash Array is a big part of that. So about backups at uh, IDT, this enterprise. So we use uh, NetBackup and Oracle RMAN. And about a year ago, a little bit more than, what we had is we had these deduplication appliances. And what happened is this very nervous storage administrator barged into my office, and I was fairly new to my role at IDT, and he said, we have to rebuy all this new uh, deduplication hardware for on-prem backups. And I said, well, why are we out of space? Well, no. And I said, well, is it not performing? He said, no, the performance is fine. I said, okay, well, why do we need to buy new hardware? He says, well, the, the vendor is taking the maintenance costs up uh, multiple of what we were paying because it's four years old. And you know, honestly, IDT's the first enterprise that I've had a leadership position at. I've been in commercial software, uh, cloud services. And so I thought this was just insane. Why would anybody do this? We're not going to do that again. And that's when I found Store Reduce. <clears throat> the other challenge that we had at IDT when I got there was they actually had no offsite backups. So they were storing the backups uh, in you know, kind of across the network in different co-locations to these DDoP appliances, but I really wanted options to go more off-site and multi-region. And that was another pain point. So the thing that really uh, made sense with Store Reduce is I like point solutions that solve a particular pain point. And when I looked at other products, we of course did a bake-off, we looked at a lot of different products, they basically required us to rip and replace our entire backup infrastructure. And it was a lot of work, big project, and these are the kind of things you spend a lot of money on and they just kind of drag on. And Store Reduce is a point solution, so it, addre it addressed this pain point of taking our backups offsite to S3. And originally, uh, when the storage ad admin walked into my office, I said, okay, well, let's look at just sending all the backups to S3. And what we found is that even with the direct connects, we were just sending too much data, it wasn't feasible. And so we'd have to turn up bigger network connections, and I said, okay, we really have to find a way to deduplicate this data. So when we put in Store Reduce, we've got you know, pretty typical kind of environment, VMware Farms, Oracle Exadata, NetApp Filers. Those are backed up with Net, Veritas Net Backup, Oracle RMAN, and those products like most storage backup products, they, they can write to any S3 interface. So they write to the store reduce cluster, and that takes the data down you know, to 
it's about a you know, 30 to 1 dedupe ratio, depending on the data set. And we pipe that over our direct connect. And how we do that is we have some EC2 instances that acts as a uh, Linux NAT proxy. And that allows us to go directly to S3 right through our VPC so we don't go over the public internet. And so the network bandwidth's free. We had capacity on our direct connects and we're able to send it right over. And you know, the load on the direct connects originally, there was a lot of people on the team that were worried about all the network bandwidth it would use, but we found that with the dedupe, it really wasn't an issue. Uh, one question we get asked is what did we do with our old uh, dedupe appliances? <laughs> so um, <laughs> we, we had some fun with them. They're basically junk at this point. And you know, a key thing with that is if you're like, you know, I imagine a lot of, if you have an enterprise, I don't know what business you're in, but if, you, if it's an older business like IDT, it's been around for about 20 years, you have some type of on-premise infrastructure and that may be expanding, it may be shrinking, you're moving workloads to the cloud. And the thing I really like about this is now my backup storage is elastic because all I have is some commodity hardware running the store reduce software and it's all going to cloud storage. All right, please welcome Chad, technology evangelist for store reduce. Hey. Thank you, sir. Good afternoon, everybody. Chad Monteith. Uh, I have a technology evangelist here for Pure Storage. I've actually spent most of my career in the object storage and the network attached storage space. I'm really excited here to be a part of uh, Pure and previously with Storyduce. I joined Storyduce uh, coming on about a year ago and helped bring the product to market and uh, work on the Pure acquisition. Uh, Pure is a great company. We've uh, been having a very clean uh, integration with them. Uh, and there's a lot of synergies between the two products and how we do development and engineering, and it's been an exciting time. You've heard about how the product was built from our CTO and founder, Hugh. You've talked about how a customer with Dave at IDT is actually using it, and I'm gonna show you a quick couple minute demo of the product and the interface and show you that this really is something that's real and it's something that's easy for you to take advantage of and utilize. Uh, so heading over to our uh, interface here, what I've pulled up here is I'm connected into uh, a pure lab uh, that we call our our, one of our technology centers. And I'm going to show you here that we've got up on the screen that we've got StoryDuce running. Now, StoryDuce was built with the properties of the cloud. What that means is not only is it stateless and scalable, but all of the nodes can process all of the information just like any, just, just completely independent of each other. You've got, you can access on one node, you can access on any one of 10 nodes, however many that you need to deploy in order to meet the throughput and the performance requirements, you're able to take advantage of. We did that by ensuring that all of the nodes that we show here have the same configuration. That means you've got one location where you go configure the environment and that's applied across the board. In this case, we've got a three node cluster that we built as part of the lab. And let's hope that VPN is still connected. Looks like it's not, so if you'll uh, let me reconnect it here, we will show you what this looks like. As it connects up, we get a view of the StoryDuce dashboard here. We'll refresh it here. What's important when you're building a system that has those properties of the cloud is that it's very easy uh, to deploy it and to manage it. Our StoryDuce system 
was often deployed in maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And you can see that from our setting page. When you launch StoryDuce and you build the first StoryDuce instance, you can configure that and have it active and up and running with just a few pieces of information configured. And here you'll see our setting, our setting page, and pretty much you just put in a license, define that you're using Amazon storage, and that Amazon storage can be in the public cloud or it can be an on-premise flash blade. Assign your endpoint, your bucket name, and your access credentials. That's all it takes to get StoryDuce up and running. We oftentimes had customers or demo environments where they would get these stood up in maybe a matter of 20 or 30 minutes. You can add systems to the cluster just as easy. When you go and deploy the cluster, you want to add additional nodes. There's an identification key. You can add additional nodes. They, they automatically configure themselves, redistribute the data across them. You can scale up. You can scale down in a very elastic manner. The importance with this particular configuration, what we wanted to, dem to show in the demonstration here, is what we also showed last week in our cloud launch. So if you've got a moment, I would suggest that you go take a look at that. We show a lot of these same demos as part of that. Uh, in the demo, we built a system where we wanted to highlight that you could write to StoryDuce while simultaneously copying that data to the FlashBlade on-premise and sending it to the Amazon cloud. And that's where our replication technology comes into play. Because as these demos are being done, as we're writing data in, we're writing that deduplicated compressed data to FlashBlade so you can take advantage of that rapid restore, that on-premise, high-speed, high-concurrency restore process while simultaneously copying that data up to the Amazon cloud. So you've not only got the performance benefits of on-premise, but you've got the durability capability and the durability benefits of the public cloud. In that case, we configured it here. Again, very simple. You apply your credentials and where you uh, want the target to actually reside in Amazon. And we can show from this demo, uh, it's US West 2, the bucket, and the credentials. That is all that it takes to set up that replication job and have all of your data visible in Amazon. In this case, we had a few environments that we stood up, NetBackup, Oracle, and Veeam are what we demonstrated here. I'm going to show you the videos that we have from those as we've got them pretty uh, succinct here. The first one that I have was showing that we had three NetBackup servers and we had three StoryDo servers and that we're able to saturate those 10 gig connected networks. So you'll see in this video that we've got uh, an Oracle workload that's actually writing. This was actually the restore demo. Let me grab the, the right demo. We've got the, uh, an, a, a workload that's being automatically generated uh, within NetBackup. It's actually doing a 91 deduplication rate. I'm sorry, a 90% dedupe rate, which is a 10 to 1. And we were able to saturate all of the links while copying all of that data simultaneously to Amazon. Um, you can see in there are those performance numbers at the end that that's what we were uh, successfully doing. What's important to this and with any backup environment is that you can backup fast, but the real value, the real benefit is when you can restore fast. So this one is a restore on-premise of two Oracle backup of two Oracle servers that we were uh, restoring on-prem into a flash array. This one was actually able to keep up with both of them, pushing about a gigabyte and a half per second as we were restoring both databases. Again, because StoryDuce is inherently highly parallelized, we can take native advantage of flash, we can take native advantage of the cloud. These are not serial processes, these are built because it's deduplicated, because you've got lots of small fragmented pieces of data. The cloud and flash arrays are, na are, are natively uh, have, a, have a core advantage to being able to uh, restore that at a very high rate of speed. What we also want to show here is that say for some reason your on-premise system was lost and you need to restore natively in the cloud. 
You can spin StoryDuce in your entire backup environment in the cloud and restore that there. Or if for some reason you're not able to restore on-premise, maybe you've got a tiering process in place and you want to bring that back from the cloud, we demonstrate that here. And a big advantage of StoreDuce and what it does here is that we were able to saturate those links as we brought that data back from Amazon. So we actually, in, in, our, in our lab, we only have a one gigabit link, but we are able to restore this two terabyte database very fast by saturating that link and bringing it back. Many deduplication advantage, uh, technologies are not able to do that. So with that, let me bring Hugh and David back up. We demonstrated here the StoryDuce GUI, the speed of the, the backup, the speed of the restore and the speed of the restore from Amazon Cloud as we did that replication. And we'll open it up to Q&A. Don't all ask questions at once. <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, lots of uh, questions for Question. us here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Want me to take that one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> You're the SAE. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, the, the plan for StoryDuce is that we will be launching early next year a third product line uh, that you're going to be able to utilize along your pure flash arrays and your flash blades. Uh, it is not a technology that's going to be directly included in any of the existing technologies, um, so it's not going to be uh, a free upgrade by any means. Um, but you will be able to utilize it to take better advantage from a use perspective of your flash blades. And we've got a number of integrations, uh, especially those ones that we talked about at the cloud launch, uh, to tie flash array with things like Snap, Cloud Snap, Snap Tenefest, and things like this with this uh, technology as well. Okay? Yes, sir? Yeah, deduplication rates are highly dependent uh, on the data that's being pushed to it. So, you know, your typical best practices around a deduplication engine for data type is going to apply. If you're backing up the same data type, retaining for a substantial amount of time, you're going to get higher deduplication rates. Uh, if you're backing up data that it itself is already optimized, video, media, images, you're not going to get much of a deduplication rate from that. We do see uh, a wide range based upon those data types. We've seen customers that normalize around 8 to 1 across their enterprise. Some environments have been as high as 30 or 40 or 50 to 1 with some types of data. Uh, but again, standard you know, deduplication assumptions and best practices are going to apply there. To your question about Veeam, Commvault, and backup, yes, many of those technologies do have the ability uh, to send deduplicated and compressed data. In general, and I'm going to kind of normalize this and talk at a high level across all of them, uh, the difference with StoryDuce is that we've implemented and built a variable length uh, deduplication engine uh, followed by a, a compression portion in our pipeline. So what that's going to allow us to do, especially in backup workloads, is have a better match from a granularity perspective. So typically we're going to see better dedupe rates or at least matching dedupe rates with some of the best other technologies out there by utilizing that variable length uh, engine. In particular with Veeam, uh, Veeam, the way they implemented it, they're able to deduplicate within jobs, and they use a larger fixed length uh, that you can configure type of block size. Uh, the difference with StoryDuce is now you're going to take all of those Veeam media servers, environments, jobs, et cetera, write that data down to us, and then we're going to deduplicate and compress across all of them. 
So when you look at it from an enterprise-wide perspective, you're going to get some definite advantages there um, versus looking at it from a, like a job or a particular individual backup type of perspective. Did I get all your questions? Was there another one in there? All right. Sure. Uh, I'll start with the second part. I'll you take your uh, first question. So if you remember that slide, we have these different co-locations, and we also have some remote offices. So what we've done is put uh, store reduce locally in those locations, and then just if they're smaller, take them right over public internet to, uh, to S3. Uh, so if, I don't know if that answers your question about the, the size of the, the pipe. Between, uh, inside the office, yeah, there's not. So it's going right from the, the client right into store reduce on-prem, and then it's being deplicated before it goes over the internet, or do you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a couple of dimensions to this. Um, yes, if you do deduplication on the client, um, you will reduce your network bandwidth. But you'll also use some other resource. So. Um, is it, nothing comes for free here. Um, and you know, if you are doing deduplication on the client, then you're going to be using a, a lot of CPU on that client. So you know, it, it depends on what you're optimizing for. If you're optimizing for, for a low bandwidth network, then maybe client-side deduplication is the way to go. If you have a, a high bandwidth network within your location, your, your data center or whatever, then there isn't much extra bandwidth to worry about, but you're, you're not actually hitting the CPU on your production systems to do that, um, that deduplication. So it, it's a trade-off. Uh, all of these things are trade-offs. Um, and the second question was? There's a great point here about the yeah. client side versus server side. Yeah. Do. The second question was? Yeah, the second question you had was, you know, I think in answering that, the important thing to note is what is the interface? What's the access point 
uh, for storage use with a typical backup application. What's key is that you're still utilizing your existing backup application, Commvault, NetBackup, Veeam, Oracle, whatever that is, whatever that interface from those media servers to the, uh, to the clients, to the servers, is going to remain the same. So you're not, you're not really touching that, that front side. Whatever you're doing, you can continue to do. What we're interfacing with is on the back side, on the right side, where the media server goes and connects to, instead of a data domain or a tape or something like that, it's going to connect to Storyduce. Now those applications have all built in uh, to themselves a, a cloud connector of some type, some sort of method to write data to the cloud. And with Storyduce, they're going to send that data in, uh, in as raw of a format as possible. That means you're not going to compress, deduplicate it, encrypt it, things like that. You're going to let Storyduce handle all of that. Now, Storyduce is presenting that single global namespace. So that means we are taking care of writing the data on premise and writing the data in the cloud. So your backup application doesn't have to have knowledge or visibility that we're putting all these copies in different locations or that we've got multiple locations where we're storing that data. Instead, they just need to know that I've got this endpoint that is Storyduce that's going to place this data based upon how you configure it in that policy, wherever it needs to reside. And Storyduce now, with that global namespace as you write into it, if it's not available in one location, we're simply going to go retrieve it to that application and serve it back to the client from another location. So now the application, your backup app, doesn't have to have visibility of, well, I've got replicas in all, the, you know, all across the globe, and I need to manage them and decide where to go. No, you let Storyduce handle that. And we'll go proxy and broker those requests to you and just ensure that wherever the data resides, we can get it back to the client application when it requests it. Yes, I mean, depending on the, the backup application, there are different ways to do that, to basically um, you know, update a, the catalog so that it knows about that second application. We're talking highly optimized duplicate copies of the data. But yeah. Storage use. No. They're just one copy. We just worry about the one copy right now. And, but the, there are ways of doing catalog imports, for instance, so that you can make a second master server um, aware of data that's been backed up through storage use so that it can access it from a second location.
And utilizing those processes allow you, if, if you know, you're utilizing AWS and you've got that other copy in S3, you are able to bring up your master server, uh, whether it's a, you know, a secondary one or, or, or part of the original domain, and have access to that data native within the cloud as well. So you can do a, a fully cloud resident restore of the data. It's S3. So store reduces a layer with S3 out the front end and S3 out the back end. Uh, if, if you're looking at you know, non-flash rate, non-S3 uh, type of storage, then we'll have to have a separate conversation about that as to whether that's appropriate and something we're going to support. Any other questions? Uh, we'll be making um, more announcements about that early in the new year, um, and in particular how you know the the storage use um, software will be uh, deployed as a pure product. Um, but if um, you're interested in perhaps doing a beta with us, uh, we we can have a, a discussion later. Yeah. So, for example, in the case of my deployment, it's some Dell commodity servers with a one terabyte SS, SSD drive. That's all there is to it. Very inexpensive, not a, not a lot going on. Yeah? Um, Chad will be I'm hanging out there. Yes. And Vanessa here as well. Because you're still utilizing to write the data to us, your current backup application, you're going to need to utilize the process and the features and functions of that backup application to bring the data back and make it presentable. When it's written to StoreDuce, it's just in a, in, a, in a raw format that that application is written to us. We're not necessarily going to take that and expose it from a rewrite perspective outside of that application. Figured that was me. Got quiet for a minute. So, you, so you're going to have to utilize the features and functions in the process of your current backup application in order to restore that and make it visible. So if they have that capability, StoryDuce is going to continue to enable that capability. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't replace the backup software. We just 
replace the target, the thing that that backup software writes to. The current processes, yes. Yes. Did you have a question again? Okay. Any other questions? Well, if any come up, you know where to find us. We'll be at the Pure Booth. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.